Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is not here because he's making his way over to Frankfurt, a much better place, okay, to see a much better game. Because um, our man, look, I didn't even want to say that he was on assignment to go watch that that uh, abomination that was Giants Jets, because Oof. that would be like cruel and unusual punishment. What was interesting was that he was he was comparing like leaving the stadium, like um, uh, Shawshank Redemption when Andy Dufresne gets out of the the pipe and he's like looking up to the heavens in the rain, which is which is apropos because. He's essentially comparing leaving that stadium met life to Andrew Dufain in uh, Shawshank, which we all remembered how that ended and how that scene unfolded. He crawled through two miles of shit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the reason Simon is not, I happen to know that the reason Simon is not here is because he's still catatonic from what he witnessed. I didn't look, I will admit. I was I was reveling in the victory, and I went outside uh, to to throw some some Argentinian sausage on the grill, and I wasn't paying too much attention. And a friend of mine, uh, Matt, also a member of OnlyFans, by the way, you could get on there for three dollars a month. Um, he's a guy who's gotten us a few of our accounts, Manscaped up among them. And trust me, I did not forget to mention all our sponsors. He comes in and he go and he tells me the Giants are managing to screw this up. And I'm like, yep. ah. Yeah, kind of, you know, okay, typical. I actually saw none of the game, but I did see some stats. 34 possessions, I, and that's what they came up with. 34 I, possessions. I, I did watch the game, or at least uh, a significant portion of the game, uh, and I wish, I really wish I had not. I will never get those. I will never get that time back in my life, ever. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I just feel really, really confident about any matchup uh, between the Jets and the Dolphins because they're playing different sports. <laughs> okay, I don't, care how, I don't care how good that Jets defense is. All right, we Peter King there called and... it. 
Peter King called it the worst game in the history of the NFL. And he's probably right. <laughs> and I know that, so the Giants were starting some, the Gi- uh, Giants were start, well, not starting, but the, the Giants had some some dude named DeVito out there at quarterback and couldn't complete a pass. They couldn't complete a pass for three quarters of regulation or something like that. And but I don't know what the Jets' excuse is because you know the Jets are starting the guy who's basically the starter for the year at quarterback. Um, you know until Aaron Rodgers might come back for a playoff run or something, whatever. It, they're not going to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was just abysmal. It was it was crazy. Yeah, and unfortunately, the the New York media is now spreading Achilles injuries all over the league because uh, yeah. they they spent three weeks talking about send a first round pick to Minnesota for Kirk Cousins right now, and yeah. he's up for the year now. Yeah, the Achilles him. <laughs> oh my God, that team, man! Uh, they were running around. They were pretty excited about that win, man. Like you know, I wouldn't have been I would not been that that excited about that win. Uh, I, yeah, I, would I, would, <laughs> I would just pretend. I would just pretend that we didn't play a game this week. Yeah, I, I just say, you know what, you know, I, I, and I've, I would fall right back to my my uh, my thing. Look, I'm not going to apologize for a win. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that this might be the is... first that might be the first win in NFL history that I that you do have apologize. to apologize for. Yeah, yeah. This show, as always, is brought to you by GoPuff. Use the promo code WELCOME1010 and you get $10 off your first 10 orders. Factormeals.com. Use the promo code three yards per carry five zero. That's the number three yards per carry five zero. And you get 50% off your first order. And as always, prize picks. Use the promo code three yards. That's the number three yards. You deposit $100, you get $100. You heard me. That's all you got to do. You know, I don't really like the whole planet should have already signed up for prize picks. They're giving you $100, people. Just take it already. All right. And betteredge.com, go to betteredge.com forward slash five reasons, the number five reasons, and you get $20 just for signing up. And as always, Manscaped, use a promo code 5RSN, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. And of course, the official rum of three yards per carry is Black Coral Rum. Go to steeltiespirits.com to learn more. You can get it anywhere in South Florida where you get your liquor. A rum that is distinctly Florida. Do we have enough sponsors, Chris, or we need more? I, you know, I'm I'm particularly proud of uh, of some of our sponsors. Um, so you know, and there's one I, I say, more I say, on the way. I say, as long as as long as they're good, as long as they're good sponsors, you know, bring them on. Yeah, and there's one more on the way. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the mystery more sponsor. That, more on that probably on Thursday. No promises, but more on that on Thursday. All right. I got to, I'll start right here and it's going to be a little bit offbeat. I understand we beat a team by 50 and we scored 70 points in that game. And that was all kinds of fun. But that thing kind of devolved. And I understand that there was a shootout to open the season between Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavaloa or just, or Tua Tungavaloa and Austin Eckler, uh, however you want to put it. But this win was oddly satisfying for me. This was my favorite win of the season. It really, really? was. Yes. And 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 I'll give you my reasoning for Alf, it. We scored, Alf, we scored 70 against the Broncos. 
<laughs> yeah, and I understand that that will be remembered forever, and this game will be forgotten in two weeks. <laughs> okay, oh, I understand that. But I found this game very, very satisfying because New England, uh, they brought out all the stops. They threw the kitchen sink at our offense once again. They came in off of a high. Anybody could read the standings, and you could see one team, if they won, meaning New England, if they went to 3-1 and in their division, they were only two games back. They're in the thick of it, okay, especially with the tiebreaker over the Bills for a playoff spot. We ended the Patriots' season for all intents and purposes, in week and, eight. And, and so brought, now they're, they're what, in the thin of it? <laughs> oh, they're done. <laughs> they're selling <laughs> imminently yeah. tomorrow. Probably Joshucci and who knows who else <laughs> are they selling. Uh, I wish. Oh, they, I heard the know, funniest I'll, thing I'll, today. I'll, they're I'll trying to Josh. pawn off Devontae Parker for a fourth-round pick, and I'm thinking to myself. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, wow, like, you know. This is how bad things have gotten in, in New England, you know? The only thing I want them to do is to trade J.C. Jackson to one of our upcoming opponents because I would love to see him for a third time. That kid's magic. That guy is just magic. He like, is. <laughs> you know, he's the best player that we have. On you He know, shows on... up and just highlight plays happen. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's great. It's it's really great. I mean, he is he has the magic touch when it comes to uh, being on the opposing defense against the Dolphins. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and I guess I'll finish my thought here and then I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, I find it really, I, I find it oddly satisfying, man. It was, you know, there was a little bit of adversity, that dumb interception. But of course, you know, Tua just has to throw an interception to get himself going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes. he even mentioned it. He even mentioned it after the game. He goes, oh, what, what happened after the interception? And, yeah. and, they, and and they told him, well, you drove it down the field and you kicked the field goal. And, and and he was like, oh, really? Well, that didn't work out the way I expected it to work out. I guess I mean, he thought even, that he had thrown the touchdown pass even after. Tua is aware, even Tua is aware of the Tua after interception phenomenon. Like, Tua, yeah. Tua knows it. Like, he knows about it. And that's that's that that just makes my heart happy. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, and I'll finish my thought right here and kick it over to you. I felt that was a team, the Patriots, that came down here with an, uh, okay, these are, all our eggs are right here in this little basket in this game. And we said, uh, that's a nice little basket. Let me kick it over and, you know, throw it in the garbage can. How's that? (laughs) And I was proud. Let me just say, I was very proud that the team showed up the way that they did and just squashed that team and ended their season in week eight. We ended the New England Patriots season in week eight. That's the first time that happens in, what, 25 years? 26 years? Because remember, they were eliminated from the playoffs the last weekend of the season last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And And, the year before, they made the playoffs. The year before that, they were also in the playoffs. And you also wonder if this basically seals a six and zero record for Tua against the uh, the uh, against Bill Belichick because you know I don't, I don't know if Bill Belichick's going to be there beyond this year. Yeah, yeah, probably. And of course, uh, those six wins overtakes Josh Allen and Peyton Manning for the most wins against Bill Belichick. Yep, for a quarterback. So, so I mean, Tua has that the most wins against Belichick of anybody. But also, it's six and zero. Oh. It's not like like Josh Allen is five and five mm-hmm. against Bill Belichick. So he's got five wins. Congratulations! He's also got five losses. You know, like like in uh, in Tua Tagovailoa, 
is six and zero though. And you know, let's a lot of the a lot of those wins for or a lot of that time Josh Allen has spent facing the. I mean, it's not it's not the Tom Brady New England Patriots necessarily. Um, so you know, it's 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 it would be something if Bill Belichick, you know, he's he's out he's out after this year and um and yet and that just basically seals that Tua Tagovailoa is six and zero against him. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts on this on this game? Uh, evidently, it wasn't your most satisfying win of the year. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think, I think, you know, I think you couldn't have, I could, you couldn't have wiped a, a smile off my face with a sledgehammer after the Broncos game. You know, like, like I'm sorry, like that was, that was just, just something different altogether. Um, and and I think that this game, this is a good example of the sort of game where um, I almost found myself like not being able to enjoy the win as much as I wanted to, because, you know, this was, this was a game that we should, that the Dolphins should have won. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, you always have the fear that the Dolphins are going to go into a game that they should win and then blow it somehow, you know, and, and I know they have not done that this year, but like, this is that that's always the fear. And so when they go ahead and take care of business, it's like it's not as satisfying as you know as it could otherwise be. It's like well, because the expectations did that played that dirty trick on you, and um, and so you know I think that uh, I think that I couldn't necessarily enjoy the win as much as I mean I could and I did, but I mean I couldn't necessarily enjoy it as much as as I might other wins. Like if if we win this game upcoming game and uh, against Kansas City in Germany, um, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to have, you know, big, big smiles on my face, you know, and, and stuff. I mean, obviously depending on if there's injuries and stuff like that, but you know, um, yeah, definitely. But this game, I will say this though, um, you know, Mike McDaniel is not lying when he's talking about it's how it is tough to sweep a division opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, you know, the, the thing that happens in that second game is often the team that lost will regroup and and they now have a really great idea how to play you in the, the second game, right? And the team that won is less incentivized to regroup and change up everything because, you know, they will tend toward the side of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? So, um so it's 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 hard. It is hard to to sweep a division opponent, and particularly for the offense to go ahead and score thirty one points against Bill Belichick's defense the second time around, facing you know facing that defense when Belichick has had time and and tape to go back and and really figure figure out ways to play you. It was clearly tough sledding. I mean, there's no. The offense, the offense was not able to be, you know, just do whatever they wanted out there. Um, but despite it being tough sledding, by the at the end of the day, you look at it, and they they put up thirty one points, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think I think that that's that's a big credit to them, especially when you consider you know being down four out of five offensive linemen. Yeah, and it's four touchdowns, no matter how you slice it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Right. I, I think I saw a, 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 
I think I saw a stat where Tua is like 25 and six in, in games where the, the defense allows less than four touchdowns, which is pretty good stat, you know? Pretty good. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it, it's, it's great. Like, and, and I think that, uh, I think that it just shows, you know what, the, and, and for as much as I'm proud of the offense, Alf, it's the defense that like, you know, has, has my, you know, has my fancy tickled mm-hmm. <laughs> because, um, because the defense looks like it's coming and we can talk about Jalen Ramsey, of course, but it looks like it's, it's coming. It, it's slamming into place. <laughs> yes. At just the right time. Yes. At just the right time because the offense is going to, Eventually, you knew that the, the offense was going to find tougher sledding at some point in the season. It wasn't going to be this record-breaking pace every single game. You know, the 70 points against the Broncos and, you know, the the, the passing we did against – they did against the, the Chargers and stuff like that. You knew that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, Devon Achan – running for like 10 yards a carry <laughs> I mean, stuff like, 13 just, chris 13 13 sorry 13 yards a carry didn't mean to shortchange him it's looney tunes stuff and you knew that the the offense was gonna find some some tougher sledding and and, and what they need is to become a complete team at some point and uh the defense really looks like it's 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 falling into place and uh boy that 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 makes that really that really makes you uh, use your imagination on yeah. what can happen the rest of the year. All right, let's move around the team before we go to break. Let's start in that secondary. No Holland, but um, this guy that they picked up in the off season made his debut, Jalen Ramsey. Everybody's going to look at that pick, and it was a great play. It was just it was just a great play. But I look more at. Ezekiel Elliott, well, whatever we may think of Ezekiel Elliott, that's still a 230-pound back who squares you up and tries to run you over is probably going to run you over. And Ramsey laid the wood on him, fumbled. Okay. We just didn't pick up the ball. If not, that would have been that would have been an even better debut. Well, if- Deshaun Elliott was a moron, and he um, <laughs> uh, forgive me, Deshaun, I, I love you dearly. Um, but you know he. He tried to scoop and score instead of just falling on it, and I think that there's a time for scoop and score, but not not when the ball is is careening toward the sidelines. Yeah, if you watch you know, the replay, there's a patriot that's on the ground that knocks it out of his hand. So there was actually a, yeah. a play made by a patriot. Oh yeah, but but that play was able to be made because he tried to scoop and score. I mean, if he was yeah. falling on the ball, I don't think it would have it would have gone that way. Um, if he was diving on the ball and falling on it, I'm not sure that it would have gone that way. I think that um, I think that he got a little bit greedy in the wrong situation because it was gone. In other situations, I think that that some a, a lot of coaches will teach you to scoop and score, you know, like um, to try and, and do it that way. But I don't think it's that that's the right. I don't think that's the right situation when it's uh, when it's going toward the sideline like that. You can't waste it. You can't waste that fumble. And uh, and they did, but he's good, huh? Jalen Ramsey. Oh yeah, Jalen such Ramsey a difference on this team. You know the thing. The thing is that um, you know, yeah, we saw the read that he made on that interception, but also Brian Baldinger pointed out, you know, with the film, just just look at that that one that one foot plant and cut that he made, you know, and it was just 
looks really impressive. So you know he's a physical, uh, physically dynamic player, and you could see that. But the thing that I noticed as the game just continued to progress is that everything seemed calmer in the secondary and, and everything seemed more coordinated and, you know, with good communication. And, and that's where I think that he's, he's helping, he can help make a difference. He's already made a difference immediately, but he's going to, you know, continue to make that difference as we go on in the season is with that, that coordination in this and the, the defensive backs group and their, um their communication. I mean, he's, He's a system. He's a system guy. He is the system, you know. Um, mm. So you know that 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 was impressive. I thought the the immediate the immediate help, you know, without without having Javon Holland there, without having Xavier Howard, and yet Jalen Ramsey comes back in, and and you know he he becomes uh, part of the reason why they're communicating uh, really well in the secondary, and he just he just held his he held his spot down. And it was just locked down. It was crazy. Yeah, I love to see him. I actually see them do more with him because he was play, basically playing on one side of of the field and essentially locking down that entire. It's it's really it's really fun. It's it's fun to look at that that chart that passing chart from Mac Jones. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and see how there's nothing over there to one side of the field, and the only yeah. thing there is to that side of the field is an interception. Is the red dot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, you have top right Tua. This is a. Uh, <laughs> left yeah. side red dot mac jones left yeah. side empty you know left side empty ramsey um <laughs> you know uh, yeah that is that is satisfying i don't think they're going to do i don't think they're necessarily going to do that much more with them i think that um because maybe maybe if they had the full training camp and stuff like that but uh, as the season has gone on i really think the vision here is that jalen ramsey and xavier howard will work the outsides probably not even ever flipping sides they'll probably be you know very side side oriented um and that uh and that you know cater kohu will play the slot and when he's a little bit more ready and he did get snaps in this game but nick needham the fact that he's back is surprising to me Mm -hmm. um because I thought that you know it just just seemed like he wasn't coming along, but um, the fact that he's back, he's going to end up taking up that dime role that Justin Bethel has had, and um, and so I think that you know you, you've got Nickel with Co- Kohu on the field, then you got Dime with uh, Needham on the field, and meanwhile the two safeties are Deshaun Elliott and uh, and and Javon Holland, and and there's your secondary, there's your there's your essentially your Super Bowl secondary. And, um, and I think that, you know, with the front, with the defensive front starting to really come alive as well. Um, and David Long, who we probably should be talking more about in recent weeks, uh, David Long and Jerome Baker is not a bad, this is, this is turning out to be the personnel on defense that we, that we hoped. Yeah. They're playing as um, design now. That's absolutely. But um, moving on to Phillips, and I think we can move off of the defense here, and we gotta we gotta give some flowers to the offensive line when we move on from from this. But Phillips is coming on, kind of went into his bag there to get that sack at the end of the game. That I, I, that was I haven't seen that move before. That rip under that Reggie White invented. Uh, he just mm-hmm. brought that out, and he brought it out at the right moment. Gets the sack that essentially ends the game because. You're forcing now fourth and long, and it's just a you know it's time to throw a prayer up, 
and hope it gets right. into it. So yeah, man, it like it's it's really coming along. Like this pass rush and all those people I mentioned earlier that uh, and Twitter is just essentially a place where people get to like test prove uh, bad takes, and they usually almost like I don't remember the last good take I heard on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or X or whatever the hell they're calling it today. Okay, but it seems like if you want to be good, you know somebody has to say you're awful on Twitter. Because Bradley Chubb was taking a lot of garbage, a lot of crap on Twitter. And he is just coming on week after week, making a difference. And his two games against the Patriots were absolute stunners. They were great games, both games, consequential games. And now Phillips is in on the act. This pass rush is coming along. It's one of the better pass rushes in the league. You agree? Well, it was supposed to be. And and so... You know, I'm I'm glad that they're making good on that because at first they at first it did seem like they weren't, and that's where the complaints about Bradley Chubb really came into play, um, it, because you know the the pass rush wasn't really shaping up at first, and and frankly, Andrew Van Ginkle of all people was like showing everybody up with uh, with how with how um, effective and efficient he was at getting to the passer. Um, so I think that uh, I think that it's nice that they've. It's nice that they're rounding into shape um, with the uh, the edge players and as well as the as well as Wilkins and Sealer. I mean, they have they have started to play the way that you know you can in this defense under Vic Fangio. So um, it's it's great it's great all around. Uh, but Bradley Chubb is still he 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 proved in this game because the last New England game, remember he he went against Vidarian Low, right? Mm. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's nothing. And in the, um, the giants game, I, I forget, I even forget the name of the guy that he went up against in, in, in the giants game. Um, you know, and I, I think it was a little bit better in the, uh, the Carolina game, but, um, but I think that, uh, overall, if you still look game to game with Bradley Chubb, Instead of just um, instead of looking at uh, you know the um, the whole season and just you know accumulating all the stats and, and stuff like that, he's still got to show that he can he can show up when we're playing a really good team and and an accomplished uh, a left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I and I'm not I'm not trying to dig on him at all. I think he's you know having a great season, but the as far as I know, the um, the the tackles that he's really abused so far um, are guys that you know, like like I said, Vidarian Low, um, Vidarian Low is one of them. Uh, Ike Iquano was another one. Uh, mm. Whoever the Giants marched out at their left tackle, I forget. And and now Trent Brown, who the Patriots are are really, you know, not very happy with. Um, so you know, this dude has to this dude has to do something against uh, against some good uh some good tackles too. You know, uh that's that's the feeling I've got. Like I wasn't ready to throw dirt on his grave before the way other people were. Um but at the same time, you know, he he has to he has to show me something against uh, against some really good tackles too. Mm-hmm. Moving off of the defense, and we'll round this up before we go to break. Um, 
the offensive line, I find it interesting that Connor Williams, I've never seen that before, where your starting center just stands on the sideline with a ball cap the entire game. And then your coach after the game said, ah, you know, if, if Armageddon hit, if offensive line Armageddon ever hit, you know, we would put him into the game. And I'm like, you know, it hit, right, Mike? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that's true. I don't, you don't, I, don't think, think that that's true? No, when Robert not, Hunt not went down. When Robert Hunt went down and then Kendall Lamb was gone, I was like, whoa. When I see Keon Smith, and I know he had a, a pretty decent camp, I see Keon Smith line up out there. Um, I think it's Armageddon. No, I don't think so at all. I think Keon, Keon Smith entered the game, and Keon Smith has been. And we just, you know, uh, Kendall Lamb has been has been fairly healthy this year, which is great because, you know, he's had some issues in the past. Um, but Keon Smith has entered the game as the backup tackle in all these games, we just never know it because he didn't, because neither Austin Jackson nor Kendall Lamb ever come out. You know, they've, they've never had any issues. He's been the backup tackle all along and, you know, he played well, he played well in the preseason. I mean, there's just, there's just no, there's just no real difference there. This is, you know, this is, this is who your backup tackle is. I don't understand. I would not understand the, um, the tactic of like, you know, uh, we're going to shift around like three different positions or something like that. When really all that happened with, with respect to, um, to, you know, the left tackle and Kendall lamb, when he, when he came out for only five plays, all that happened is the guy, the man had to come out for five plays and we had to do one drive without him. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's, I, no, I I don't see that as bedlam at all. I, I don't like. What are we gonna do? Move? We're gonna move Liam Eichenberg out the left tackle? Jesus, you know that's 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 way worse than Keon Smith to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and and yeah, no way. Uh, so I don't think so. I think that that what happened is exactly what should have happened. I guess the only thing that really surprised me is that um, is that when Robert Hunt went out, Robert Jones and Lester Cotton kind of sw- did a little switcheroo. And um and and Robert Jones played left guard. Lester Cotton came back, came in at right guard. Um, that's a little odd, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Well, what do you make uh, of that? Uh, that it seemed like they rolled out both guys out there as as if it was some type of competition, like if it was a preseason game. Like left guard is not settled. Uh, I always got the sense that Robert Jones was going to be the first guard off the bench, uh, and that well, was back think- in camp. But I it seems like they, they, they're us. opening it. Do you do you? But first of all, do you agree with me that they've kind of opened that position for for competition between Lester Cotton and Robert Jones? I'm not entirely based on what happened in the game. What happened in the game was, you know, it there was a rationale to it. Um, and if there wasn't a rationale to it, then then I'd start trying to put together conspiracy theories. But um, you know, I think that Lester Cotton opened the game at left guard. But then when Rob, when uh, when Rob Hunt went out, I think that Lester Cotton is they're more it, they were more comfortable. They were probably practicing Robert Jones this week at left guard to see if he would end up starting the game, right? Mm. And um, and and they just didn't feel he was far enough along, and so he didn't start the game. And, um, and then, you know, when Robert Hunt came or came out, then, then this was an opportunity for Robert Jones to go in and play the, the, the position that he had been practicing. 
you know, that he had been practicing and competing to try and get into um, back into the game. And, uh, and that's, that's what I think ended up happening. As for whether it's open at left guard, I mean, the real wild card here is when Connor Williams comes back out, is Liam Eichenberg going to be playing left guard? Hmm. You know, I, as much, I, listen, I'm not trying to say that I love Liam Eichenberg. I know that he, I know, I, I don't agree with the way that, that a lot of the fan base um, just, just trashes him constantly. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I don't, I don't love the duty either. I'm just, I'm just saying that like, you know, he's, been starting for games for a number of games like he's been part of this offensive line he's been in fact he's been calling it as the uh the center um for the games that connor connor williams has been missing and you know don't underestimate that sort of um that sort of uh uh, cohesiveness and you know the uh, uh trying to have that sort of um consistency with the same sort of starters. So Liam Eichenberg, remember, it was his job to lose that left guard to begin with before Isaiah Wynn took it. Hmm. Um, Although so I always felt that they had a finger on the scale all camp. Like They did, but they did. But it was still it was still a competition between Liam Eichenberg and, um, and, uh, and, and Isaiah Wynn. And then, you know, you could say that Robert Jones started to get into it because he had a really good preseason game. Um, but uh, but I you know that's that's the one to watch out for because they're gonna say they're gonna say well you know hey this guy this guy's logged uh, how many snaps and he's logged almost three hundred snaps for us this year uh, on the offensive line um, and so when when suddenly Connor Williams is gonna come back they might just say well we're out Isaiah Wynn and this was supposed to be that left guard job was supposed to be Liam Eikenberg's until Isaiah Wynn won it. Two things. First thing, Chase Claypool, uh, kind of positive. Uh, you know, I think that, that was a, as positive a rolling out of Chase Claypool as you can have at home. Um, although I did not like how he did not cross the face of of that defender on on that dig route. Like I don't know what he was yeah, thinking. Early. Uh, yeah, early I don't know what he was again. thinking on that on that on that route. But mm-hmm. man, he looked good catching that slant on that window, and then just turning up and trying to run over safeties, like. Damn, that looked good. He's so much bigger than the rest of our wide receivers, aren't? Isn't he? <laughs> you know, he's he's huge. Um, and you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to me how they use him. It, it does appear to be like he's basically the new Eric Azucama. Yes. Um, or, or, or how it looks. Uh, for so far, um, he's being used. He's being used in uh in the slot. But, you know, he's also being used wide. And that's where I really get excited about him, actually. Because I've seen what that man could do as a rookie and in the second-year player when he's thrown on the outside and just run go-routes. You know, at that size, six foot four, 238 pounds with his speed, just run go-routes and then throw the ball and and he just mosses people. I mean, or or just, you know, gets, gets open vertically. Um I, I get really excited about that because, you know, I think that that's something that defenses just maybe are. I mean, they're preparing for so much against the Dolphins. How are you going to prepare for that, too? Yeah. Also nice to see Cedric Wilson get in the end zone, man. It's been, it's been a long time coming. 
Yeah. 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 I bet that the bet that felt good for him too. Probably yeah. be traded tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about it when we come back from break. Uh, but first, these words. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, we're back, and we mentioned it before. Not that they're going to trade Cedric Wilson, although you never know. 
But although I would bet strong, strongly against trading Cedric Wilson, I think they kind of like him. Uh, they're playing him on enough snaps where they're going to justify keeping him, uh, even if they get an offer, which is not going to be much. They're not going to get a big offer for him. But what would you do at this at this trade deadline? I don't think. Uh, let me preface this by saying we're not going to talk about Aaron Donald here. We're not going to talk about you know adding Max Crosby and Justin Jefferson, although that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. So we're so we're not going to talk about Chase Young. I don't know about. I don't know if that's going to happen. Now they're now they're talking more about Montez Sweat, and I'm completely confused by this because I was told specifically, and then I saw it reported that they love Montez Sweat, and they kind of look at Chase Young as. All right, this guy just showed up here to get paid, but Montez Sweat is the guy that's been here, been playing well. We're going to reward him, and we're going to let Chase Young walk, or we'll trade Chase Young. But now they're saying that both guys might be available. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But you know, Chase Young kind of makes some sense to me. You know, uh, but I don't know. You're gonna have to pay him at the end of the year. I don't, I don't like that idea. Yeah, especially now that some offensive linemen are emerging. Like Robert, you're gonna have to pay Robert Hunt. You're gonna have to find a, a couple of dollars for Austin Jackson. Yes, I said that. Uh, Connor Williams, you might have to pay. So you're gonna have to start allocating some some resources from the defenses side of the ball and move it over to the offense. So I would be opposed to Chase Young on those terms alone because I think he'll cost you like a second round pick, maybe, and then you got to pay him. So yeah, I'd be out on that on Chase Young. Well. Here's the devil's advocate on that. Mm. And it's so Chase Young costs nothing this year. Right. For for those of you trying to figure this out, like But a lot next year. A lot of people try and bite off more than they can chew with respect to the uh, salary cap. So let me just make this easy for you. Uh don't even worry about 2023. He makes nothing. So this Chase Young, Chase Young in terms of like, you know, what you've got to pay him and stuff like that, you're purely worried about next year. What if, you know, obviously the Dolphins are in this weird position where um, the highest cap, the highest cap uh, figure on the team is actually Emmanuel Agba, who's now getting like no snaps. You know, he's what do you get like six snaps or something like that in the last in the last game um, in the New England game? I mean, it's it's starting to get it's starting to to be a little bit on the ridiculous side. And yet he's the biggest cap figure on the team. Well, what if the issue isn't, you know, isn't the presence of Jalen Phillips and and Bradley Chubb? What if it's just that, you know, Emmanuel Agba is just not not getting it in this system? So what if what if that salary for Emmanuel Agba is slotted, you know, mm-hmm. for three pass rushers? Like ever teams, teams need three good pass rushers or something like that. Like, what if it is, what if it is slotted? And so you're not, you're not worried about this year and the fact that Emmanuel Agba makes so much money uh, because Chase Young would make zero money, like almost zero money this year. But next year you can get rid of Emmanuel Agba. You, that, that, that's a year where you're able to do that. And again, people bite off a little bit more than they can chew with respect to, Oh, what does that mean for, cap hits and what does that mean no no let me just save you save you everything that you want to say that, that you want to try and figure out for yourself um it's going to save the Dolphins 16 million dollars by not by not you know having Emmanuel Agba next year 
right? Mm. So, and, and they, you know, none of his salaries guaranteed or anything like that. So that, I'm talking about sixteen million dollars, almost sixteen million dollars cash on the barrel head. It's like fifteen point eight cash on the barrel head. They're not going to pay. What if that's money you could pay Chase Young instead? Mm. And so you and and so you're walking into into games defensively having a three-headed pass rush edge rush uh where you can rotate these guys and you've got Chase Young and Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips some of them you know Jalen Phillips specifically he reduces down to the inside he has a history there and um and he's good at it <laughs> mm-hmm. um and so you know what if what if what if you really can make hay with all three of these dudes and uh, and and next year, you know, you'll have to pay Chase Young, but you won't be paying Emmanuel Ogba anymore, so he can slot right into that. And um, and you don't have to pay Jalen Phillips yet. And when they do have to pay Jalen Phillips, then they'll probably have to figure out whether they're getting rid of Bradley Chubb or uh, Chase Young. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it, you know just to play devil's advocate on that. That's um, it, that could be how it works if it did work. I'm not yeah. saying the Dolphins are going to do it. We know they're not. <laughs> yeah but, very yeah. uh like most likely they will not do something like that you know? yeah yeah by the way i find it really odd that the commanders are so bad but you look at that defensive line jesus montez sweat chase young on the outside jonathan allen deron Payne in the inside like yeah. it, it's it's a spectacular defensive line mm-hmm. yet they keep playing shootouts in the nfc east like how is that happening you know? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, and I can see why they're looking at ditching some some guys, even if it is Montez Sweat instead of chasing. Yeah, up. they did pay. They did pay Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. So yeah. they have the dynamic that the Dolphins might have when they pay or if they pay Christian Wilkins, which is two very expensive yeah. defensive. Tackles. That's another big. That's another big question coming next year. Like, what if? What if at this point? They're thinking to themselves, you know, listen, Christian Wilkins is not here beyond this year because we cannot come to an agreement. Like we have tried and we cannot. And that's that's clearly where they are at for this year. I mean, they're not even trying mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they so, tabled it. They tabled it to the end of the so, season. You know, it just again playing the devil's advocate on like, you know, a thing like Chase Young, because it's it's not all just one for one. It doesn't just because you're going to lose Christian Wilkins next year doesn't mean that you necessarily, um, you know, get a guy exactly like Christian Wilkins in his place because you know it's hard to just up and replace Christian Wilkins, right? You have to think a little bit more dynamically in in terms of you know playmakers and stuff like that. You know what if what if Chase Young is 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 uh, more of a consideration because of that? Who knows? Yeah. So, and, it, and I, I don't think honestly, I don't think they're going to trade for anybody. But I look across this team. Honestly, I think I I, I like the I actually like the depth everywhere. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm I, the one. I look guy. at one spot. I look at one spot in particular: safety. Yeah, and no, I, that's that's probably the one where I might agree and be inclined to agree with you. Yeah, and the guy that the guy that really he stands out like a sore thumb, and you know I have a little information on this. Like it's a guy that they've liked before, John Johnson the third from the Rams. 
and the Rams uh, have been burying him in the depth chart for whatever reason this year. Uh, he's been playing a lot of special team snaps. It's something that they need, by the way. They need another special teams body on this team because they're starting to use some some starters. So I could see something like that, a third safety, a guy to just sprinkle in or just put into the mix because, you know, Brandon Jones, you know, although he made a couple of plays yesterday, um, he doesn't have like he's he hasn't had that favored nation status on this team. Like everything's yeah. been hard for him. You know, everything that he's gotten, he's had to earn. And, you know, and some would say he doesn't deserve some of the things that he has gotten, which is, you know, being buried. Uh, on the bench and not playing at all in some of these games. Um, so I think that, you know, they're probably on the outs maybe with Brandon Jones, although I would find a way to to, to play him. The guy has a, a skill set that's useful against a lot of teams. You know, he's a lighter guy that could play, that's a safety, that's a good pass rusher off the edge. You know, he has a knack for it, so might as well use it. There's guys, there's there's been guys all throughout, sprinkled all throughout NFL history that have had a specialty that has been useful that helps you win games. Like he has, he has one of those specialties, you know, he has that skill set. I would use it, but evidently it's not something that they want to do, you know? They, no, no. I, I, I mean, if, if something doesn't, if something doesn't really fit, then it doesn't really fit. I, mm-hmm. I think that the reason that John Johnson is interesting is because you bring up the fact that he is, he has been playing special teams um, mm-hmm. and he's got about 70, 70 snaps on special teams thus, thus far, because the two, the two backup safeties are basically Elijah Campbell and Brandon Jones. And both of those players are heavily involved in special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so whoever, if, if they did get one, if they did get a guy, then it would have to be a guy that does play some special teams, but I would look at it as a potential opportunity to upgrade. I, not either. It would be an upgrade over Elijah Campbell. I'm, I'm quite certain. Um, which, you know, is you're upgrading it with a guy who knows the defense, you know, just like how Jalen Ramsey came into this game, this one game, and, and you just felt like there was better coordination between all the secondary players, um, or something, you know, just vaguely kind of felt like it, uh, John Johnson knows the defense and has experience there. And so, you know, that would be that you get into a situation where one of your one of your safeties is missing. You don't want the coverage coordination to uh, to fall apart. Um, that's the last thing that you want. So, you know, getting John Johnson in there as that third safety, relegating Brandon Jones to maybe fourth safety slash special teams guy for now. Mm. I mean, that that might that might be a good reality for the Miami Dolphins. Um, and so that's the one area that I that probably would be inclined to agree with you. But otherwise, you know, I'm a, I, some spe- some some guys that are good depth that I think people don't even think about. Like Deshaun Hand has played well. Okay, mm-hmm. Deshaun Hand has played really well, and and yet on the practice squad they still have Byron Coward who can play in this league, and they have Rashard Lawrence who can play in this league. Um, <laughs> you know. And so, like, you know, I think they do have uh, depth there. And linebacker, I, I think Duke Riley is, you know, a kind of um, one of the, you know, not I'm not going to say one of the best backup linebackers out there, but, I mean, like, he's, he's a decent backup linebacker, right? And they also have Alexander Johnson on the practice squad, 
who mm-hmm. has all this experience in this system. I mean, the guys had, you know, hundred plus tackle seasons under Vic Fangio as a, and, and played well, you know, not just, not just bad tackles, you know, like um, he played well in Vic Fangio's defense. That's about, you know, even if you don't trust Channing Tindall as far as you can throw him, which I'm not sure anybody does, <laughs> um, you know, that then then you still you still have two good backups in Duke Riley and uh, and and Alexander Johnson. So you got backups along the defensive line. You got backups along the linebackers unit. Um, you have you're at least three deep on the pass rushers unit with Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, and, and I wouldn't give up on Emmanuel Agba. I mean, if Emmanuel Agba has to play entire games in place of somebody, I think it's going to be okay, <laughs> to be honest. I don't think it's going to be terrible. Hmm. Um, so, so I think you got depth there. And then on, on the offensive line, like people don't even, we don't, we don't even get a chance to think about on the offensive line depth, how good Keon Smith looked in the preseason until he was forced to go out there for five snaps and you know he looked fine he looked great he looked great out there Mm. for those uh for those five snaps um or what about the practice squad when they added chase and hines i think that's a really underrated player that if you go back and look at his tape and and how he's played he's really good and so you know they have some they have some depth in the offensive line they have they're they're running like four deep how many deep? How many deep at tackle now? The, because I mean, they also have Ryan Hayes who looks good in the preseason, yeah. and he's on practice squad. So I mean, you know, they're they're running deep at tackle. They're running, you know, they have some backup, uh, some backup linemen that look okay. Um, I think they have tight ends that can fill the roles in this offense. You know, which isn't they're not asked to be dynamic or anything. Um, Tyler Croft can do a lot of what Durham Smythe does uh, from a blocking and, standpoint. And Julian Hill is a well, Julian player. Hill. You know he's going to end up. He's going to end up. He's going to end up genuinely good one day. No, he's a he's um, a roster player going forward. Like I, I yeah. he's on the team next year. Like I think he already yeah, made absolutely. the team next year. No, I, I I agree with you fully. I, I mean he we haven't even scratched the surface what he can do in the passing game because he looks very athletic. When he um when he when he gets involved in the passing, yeah, he has game. timing issues with the passing game. You know? Sure, and he's a rookie from Campbell University. So yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, there's and we have too many wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that somebody's got to go actually from the wide receivers group because uh, River Craycraft is going to come back, and you know, and and I think somebody gonna, probably Robbie chosen. Yeah, this um, team this team is like an SEC team. Like they have three teams; they're three deep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I like what, the depth. That's what I'm saying. And and so and running backs. I mean, they they almost have too many running backs too, because one day Chris Brooks could come back too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Devon Acham is going to come back first off. Yes. Uh, and then and then poor, you're still poor, gonna have poor Las Wilson. Vegas Raiders, man. <laughs> yeah, and then, like almost everybody's slated to come back for that game. You know, oh, the Raiders man. must. And, the Raiders and, must and be Raiders thinking, game, why us? <laughs> How much is Achan going to explode in that Raiders game? But um, but I, I think that you know Achan is going to come back, and you still got Jeff Wilson here and Savan Ahmed, and uh, and then you know one day Chris Brooks could come back too, and and so man, there's there's depth everywhere. The one the one that pro- you know aside from safety is that I'm not convinced on is is probably still quarterback, you know, um, and you know knock on wood. Uh, mm-hmm. That we don't that we don't ever need to use it. 
Yeah, and, and no need for to add an interior offensive lineman to the mix as as some type of insurance, or we're set. Because I, I'm really thinking that Isaiah Wynn is probably done. Yeah, he and, probably is. You know, so but, uh, we're just gonna go it. You know, go the rest of the way with Robert Jones and Lester Cotton for for left guard. Well, Robert Jones, Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg, um, you know, they're whatever we think of Liam Eikenberg, Mm -hmm. just keep in mind that for them, he's played 300 snaps this year. And so he's been heavily involved in this, you know, almost record breaking offense. Um, so, you know, Robert Jones and Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg, but again, you know, I think if you really want to push, push comes a shove. And and look on that, you know that um, the the practice squad. If if they end up giving Chase and Hines a chance, I wouldn't be surprised. He's the best one of them all, hmm. you know. So uh, so I, I think that's that's something to to think about as we go forward. And Tanner Connor is is, is going to keep getting chances at um, too because he's he's basically like the backup fullback. Um, in in a lot like when if you look at how they use him when he does come into the game like when alec ingold isn't out there they have that guy lead blocking like uh, and and he's looked all right doing it too yeah he's like he's like uh yeah he's like he's like he's in the back burner and they also trust him to play special teams which is kind of important on this team yeah at at times this year they've been short on bodies on special teams because i really hate that i you know every time i see javon holland running down on a on a punt you know, oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't like it. Okay, <laughs> I hold my breath. You know, so I, I don't want to see Javon Holland running down on a punt ever again. So if we could avoid that, that'd be good. But um, <laughs> yeah, one last thing before we give out our our game balls. Any concern to it through it forty five times? The running game, you know, wasn't a hammer this time. It was a hammer last time against the Patriots. Um, I didn't think they. They had some success running the football. I, I didn't think they were completely incompetent, you know. Yeah. For for the first half against the Eagles, they were completely incompetent. They just couldn't run the football. They ran it well against the Bills when they got blown out. So that was also a good sign then. But um, in this game, I didn't think they were incompetent. I think they just they said, you know what, we got matchups here. And when you saw the, you know, and look, I talked this guy up all week. I'm a huge fan of Jack Jones. I think he's a really nice player. Jack Jones forgot to cover Jalen Waddle on the switch. Like when they're moving you across the formation and you got a guy on the boundary. Well, he didn't, he didn't intend to switch, <laughs> you know, that, that, that was the thing. Like it was just classic miscommunication. Like yeah. Jack Jones intended to run clear across the formation and With just Tyreek. cover Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And because, you know, and, and, and to his credit, like he he might have felt like he knew what Tyre- Tyreek was going to run anyway, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like he's either going to run that he's either going to run that inbreaker that he does when he uh, when he when he does the motion, um, the fast motion, full speed motion to the outside. He he wraps around and runs this inbreaker, or he's going to run vertical. And I think that Jack Jones was thinking that he's on top of it. And I I, I don't know who the other corner was that was already out there. Um, but the other corner was like, no, we need to switch. And and I don't think he was wrong for saying that. It was Jonathan Jones, the other corner. Okay, it was Jonathan Jones. I don't think he was wrong for saying, no, we switch. 
Um, it's just that there was no communication. And that's the stress that the full speed motion puts on a defense because this is happening at full speed. So imagine those guys having to communicate to each other a switch, you know, while Jack Jones is running at full speed, sprinting. He is sprinting to keep up with um, with Tyreek Hill as he motions across the formation to, to complete other side of the field. And and so Jack Jones is just like sprinting straight toward Jonathan Jones, and they're supposed to be able to look at each other and say, "Yeah, we're we're switching," um, or unless it's a, you know just understood without saying anything to each other, which is ideal. But clearly, that was not the case. That's exactly what went wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're supposed to have an understanding with each other without necessarily being having to communicate it, and yet they did not have that understanding. Yeah, the, it could have been something as simple as he ran across the formation, screamed one, and Jonathan Jones said, yeah, okay, yeah, the one is going to be now Tyreek. And they yeah. just stare at each other as they let the two go, which is Waddle, you know? Yep. And, and I mean, Waddle is just standing by himself. They for... both, yeah, they both, they both went with Tyreek. I and mean, it's just, a, it's just, it's a busted coverage. It's a, they're supposed to switch and they, they didn't switch. All right, for now, for the most uneventful game ball in the history of game balls on this show. Look, I was tempted to give it to Austin Jackson. He played so well. But, you know, I don't want to be an asshole. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey gets my game ball. It's, you know, come on. Forced a fumble, got a big pick. Kind of, you know, turned the game right there. Uh, Really consequential player. Great player. Uh, Jalen Ramsey gets my game ball. Who gets your game ball, Chris? The suspense is killing me. Yeah, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you in suspense. Uh, no, it's Jalen Ramsey, and just because I don't want, I don't think it can be overstated. Really, how the the impact that he had, um, just in terms of shutting down an entire side of the field, which is, you know, supposed to be the pinnacle of corner play. You know, is is you know your your side of the field is shut down. Well, he really did it, and you you could see the 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 spray chart of Mac Jones's uh you know uh throws throughout the game and see that clearly he shut down an entire side of the field but also that pick was huge that forced fumble could have been huge if Deshaun Elliott would just fall on the ball um and you know I think that uh, I think that the coverage coordination that seemed improved and just seemed more stable you know, seemed seemed partially due to his presence. And so all the way around, I, I don't think you can overstate it. I don't think you can overstate what an impact he had. And so game ball, kudos. And coming, man, come back from that injury that quickly. And by the way, I've heard that he's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't have a sore knee or anything. He doesn't have any swelling or sore knee or anything coming out of it. All right, and that's going to do it. We're going to leave it right there. On Thursday, we will be talking about a big game. In Frankfurt, Germany. 9.30 a.m. football on the East Coast. I don't know how I feel about that. But we'll talk about it. See you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, 
Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.